You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's blowout victory over the Auburn Tigers, going to be discussing the individual efforts in this game, and also just kind of looking big picture, because the narrative surrounding Kentucky basketball has just dramatically shifted since about mid-January, and I think it's time to kind of reset things as we look forward to March. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. And if you're watching live with us on YouTube right now, as we all collectively discuss this, really appreciate you watching live. If you're not subscribed already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, as we make our way through these next uh, these next few games to wrap up the season. So Auburn loses to the Kentucky Wildcats on the road in Rupp Arena. 86-54 to was the final score in this one. The bench got into this one, and I wouldn't necessarily say that we saw a ton of action um, from the players that actually did get into the rotation or actually matter to the rotation, but we did get to see Aduthiero come in and, and play with a lot of heart, a lot of effort in 10 minutes. Was one of three from the floor. Uh, made a really, really nice three in the corner, though. Played with effort. I think that's kind of what you need out of your bench while the other guys sit and rest. And C.J. Frederick was back uh, in this one as well. He came off the bench and played seven minutes in this one. Didn't record a statistic outside of one assist and a personal foul. But to be honest with you, with the situation with his rib, I don't expect him to be really doing much else. Uh, The fact that he's out with that, I didn't realize how severe that was for him. And so very good to see him out there as well. Lance Ware, Damian Collins, Yugana, and Yenzo all got in the, in, into this one. Onyenzo did not get into, into this game until late. Uh, he exists, can confirm. Yugana and Yenzo does exist. He is a real person, and he does play basketball for Kentucky. That's awesome. But we're not here to talk about what the bench did today, guys. We're here to talk about what all of these starters did for the Kentucky Wildcats. We've talked recently about how their shortened rotation has led to These guys, I think, positively and negatively being forced, this starting five being forced into just kind of working their way through games collectively together. And I understand that I've sat here and said that Kentucky will, I think, benefit from maybe widening widening their rotation when Frederick and Wheeler are fully healthy because it's going to allow these guys to get some rest. And I still stand by that. I don't think that Kentucky can make it through March primarily playing their starting five and nothing else. I want to be very clear. Like the Florida game, you can't do that every single game from here on out. But this starting five against the Auburn Tigers did produce. I mean, there's nothing else to say. We said in the preview episode that that Kentucky's guards, as opposed to Auburn's, I think would be the biggest deciding factor in this one outside of watching the matchup between Janai Broom and Oscar Shibwe. Oscar Shibwe in this game, 22 points, was 8 of 10 from the floor, made all six of his free throws, had 17 rebounds, uh, two steals, a block uh, as well to go along with that. Six of those rebounds, by the way, were on the offensive end uh, for Oscar Shibwe. You look at the guard play, though, 
And I know a lot of people out there were saying on Twitter, you know, Auburn's fraudulent, you know, Auburn's just terrible. And yeah, they're, they're not playing good basketball right now. I mean, it, Kentucky won this game. They should have won it by 40 based on the way that things were going. Um, it ended up being a 32-point victory because Kentucky took their foot off the gas for the last four minutes of the game. Um, but Auburn did not do themselves any favors by taking a lot of terrible shots. And we know as Kentucky fans that Auburn has, or we have the tendency, the offense has the ten- tendency, whenever things get out of hand, to rush things. We also said that about Auburn going into this game. I believe I said that in the preview episode, that these two teams uh, are very similar whenever things start to get out of hand. They can be very um, very out of sorts at times. And Auburn really didn't help themselves out. It was a 25-24 lead for Auburn in the first half with about five minutes left. Then Kentucky went on a little bit of a run, and I even tweeted this out. I'm like, that's it. Auburn's not coming back into this one. If they're going to continue the way to play the way that they have thus far, they're not going to come back and win this one. It's going to get ugly. And sure enough, it got very ugly uh, in the second half. Casey Wallace was eight or six of twelve from the floor. Antonio Reeves was eight of thirteen from the floor for twenty-one points. Was four of seven from deep. Meanwhile, Auburn's guards: Zepp Jasper, zero of two; Allen Flanagan, two of six; Wendell Green Jr., who is just—I I, I don't get some of the shots he takes sometimes. Was three of twelve in this one. Trey Donaldson was one of three. Leo Berman was zero of three. Uh, in this one, Katie Johnson was three of five. Just a lot of inefficiency from Auburn's backcourt. And they dove deep into the bench. They tried to get the bench going, and um, they couldn't produce, produce either. It was just simply Kentucky being a few more things. It was, first of all, I think a bad matchup for Auburn, obviously. No revel- uh, re- revelation there. And then second of all, I think it's just the backcourt. I, I, that's where I started on the preview episode, and that's where I'm going to end it just kind of simply before we dive into the individual efforts here. It's the backcourt. Kentucky is more decisive. I think their decision-making is better than Auburn's, whenever things are not out of hand, clearly. And I think their decision-making in transition is better. They capitalized on points off turnovers. I believe they had 23 uh, off of Auburn's 12 turnovers in this game, 13 turnovers, excuse me. It's just a solid effort from Cason Wallace and Antonio Reeves. There's There's no other way to slice it. Kentucky has the significantly better backcourt and that's kind of what decided it. Neither of these teams are phenomenal at protecting the rim defensively, and it really showed at the beginning of this game. Oscar Sheebway and Jani Broom were back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Broom scored seven of his 12 points in like the first four minutes of this game, and then he was irrelevant. Irrelevant for the rest of this one. He had a couple of turnovers. He airballed a couple of shots. He just wasn't good. He wasn't good, and, and Kentucky took advantage of it. I tweeted this out, and I want to get your everybody's thoughts in the chat about this, this topic. So Kentucky wins by what could have been 40. Is this because Auburn is just simply that bad right now? They've, won, they've lost now seven out of their last 10 games. Or is it truly that Kentucky is hitting their stride? I think it may be a little bit of a mix of both, but I want to get your thoughts on where you think this Kentucky team is heading. Because in this game, we can look at numbers, we can look at the individual efforts. I mean, this was this was the most complete game I've seen from Kentucky maybe since that Tennessee game last year where Kentucky scored over 100 points, 107 in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think this is the best game. And I think this might arguably be better than that game because Kentucky didn't give up 79 in the process. They held Auburn below their scoring average, and albeit this is not a good shooting team, this is not a good offensive team, 
but they handle business in both categories. Statistically, in every single category, Kentucky handled business. Gavin says a bit of both, but Kentucky is absolutely taking off. I, and Isaac says it's definitely a mix, but primarily Kentucky getting into its stride. Nick Phelps, Kentucky is hitting on all cylinders, my friend. And the ultimate swan said it's just a complete game. It, this literally is just from start to finish a complete game for the Wildcats. I am so impressed with what this Kentucky team is doing right now. And they've got a couple of games left. I want to get to what I think may need to be kind of the deciding factor for me to commit to like, okay, this is whoa. Like people need to be really paying attention to this team is like a, like a six or a five or maybe even a four at this point. I mean, depending on how the net rankings play out, I'm not quite sure what this team ceiling is. And we'll discuss this over the next few days, obviously, but man, just a really, really impressive performance for the Wildcats. Before I get to maybe what needs to be like the big thing for Kentucky to really, truly get me all the way on board. I'm on board, but I want to feel comfortable on board. Before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. New customers at FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back even if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. Really appreciate everybody watching live here on YouTube. Got over 100 people in the chat right now. Really appreciate everybody watching. If you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. Also, like the video. Only got seven likes on the video right now and 104 people in chat. We can do better than that, boys. Let's get that like number up. Let's see. Any other comments in the chat? In the chat, Can you explain why people are mad about us giving eight points up at the end? If anything, that's a slap in Auburn's face. Um, I didn't see anything about people being upset that we gave up eight points late. Maybe that's just because I immediately went to start taking notes to, so that we could get up on this live. But I, I don't think that you can <laughs> realistically uh, be upset with the way that this game ended, considering we were up by 40. What do, what do you want from the team? Like, they, they, they took the, the, the foot, their foot off the gas. Like you said, if anything, it's a slap in the face to Auburn because it's mercy. It's mercy at that point, right? So I, I don't understand how you could be really upset. Uh, Isaac says, well, Lance, I did say we could blow out this team based on what you said about them in the preview episode. And yeah, I, I was hesitant to say, and I continue to reiterate, I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, because last time I said it was going to be a blowout, uh, all, uh, Kentucky lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to St. Peter's. So I have just been kind of uh, very hesitant to say any game is secure after that point, <laughs> uh, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, Isaac, you're right, man. You're right. This this had the the uh, propensity to get out of hand if that's the correct word to use there uh, and it got absolutely uh, ugly at the end dev says facts that was crazy by asu dude i hate the fact that we had to see split or split away from that game because of the way that one ended i'm very glad that we got to see the beginning of the kentucky game but i wish i could have had my computer on and my tv on to kind of split and see that buzzer beater because after they flipped back from the commercial just based on the way they were talking about it, i sat up i'm like oh he's about to hit this this uh full court shot that they're about to replay. Absolutely insane stuff from Arizona State, uh, taking it on the road uh, against Arizona. So in looking at the individual efforts in this game, and again, really appreciate everybody watching live. You look at the individual efforts in this game, I want to talk for a second about Antonio Reeves. 
and this is not like a slap in the face to anybody watching right now or post live or if you're listening on podcast that has had this opinion before we stepped into the season because I think there was some legitimacy to it. The question with Antonio Reeves was, okay, this kid was a 20-point-plus scorer at Illinois State. What's his transition going to be like to the SEC, and is he going to be able to step it up, right? Is he going to be able to perform at a higher level? 21 points today. Again, 8 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 7 from 3. Had a rebound and a steal on top of that. I mean, he is just the bucket getter. That's his role on this team, and he has proven now, uh, as we kind of wind down the regular season here, like, yeah, it may not be to the level that he was doing it at Illinois State, but the dudes can score. The dude can shoot. I mean, beautiful form. He is absolutely everything that you need at the spot that he is at. You, you really couldn't ask for more. I mean, especially from a performance like today, it's just every single shot was just so pure. Uh, you, you can't ask more from your small forward slash two. It's beautiful basketball from Antonio Reeves right now. And again, this is something that we talked about in the preview episode. This is against one of the better, I put it in air quotes, better three-point defenses in the entire country. Auburn was fourth nationally in three-point opponent, opponent percentage heading into this one. Sean Venzel of Hoops Insight had a tweet uh, kind of explaining why that may not be as elite of a number as it seems to be. Uh, so I would go check out his Twitter, uh, Twitter at Hoops Insight if you want to kind of dive into the numbers a little bit more about Auburn. But it was still against a really solid defense where Antonio Reeves just went out there and got buckets. And I'm not saying that he's going to continue to score the way that he has over the last, what, seven or eight, nine games. But the dude has been getting it recently. And so you tie it into what this team is doing as a whole, which is, I think, peaking at the right time. Um, And gosh, every single time I say anything like that, I'm just so afraid for the downfall because we've kind of seen this this season go up and down and up and down and up and down and now it's just up for quite some time it's kind of like stocks you just expect it to come back back down at some point but you don't want to sell you don't want to go short on it but anyway this team is doing what it needs to do right now at this point in the season it's getting itself together it's getting healthier which I think is amazing and I think it's getting itself prepared for the postseason. This is a one-game elimination style in the SEC and the NCAA tournaments. It's looking like the best basketball it will play all year. That's the best basketball Kentucky will play all year. Can't even talk. John Calipari said in the postgame, just it might have been last game, a couple games ago, like this team can only get about 2 to 4% better. Well, if that was 2 to 4% better than what we saw, then I, I will take it. And he said you could probably get about 10% more confidence out of this group. Absolutely, you could get more confidence out of this group. Um, but just dang, oh man, if that's, the, if that's what we're talking about here, I'm, th- this version of Kentucky can win a national title. I'm not, so let's be very clear. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not even saying they're going to win a single game. I'm just saying this version of Kentucky basketball with this team, this is what was advertised to us in the offseason, and this is what could win a title. This is why Kentucky was ranked top five in the preseason. When these players play the way that they do, this is a very hard basketball team to stop. It's efficient. That's the name of the game, efficiency, in, in all levels of basketball, particularly in college and the NBA. I'm very excited about the way this team is looking right now. I think seeing them clapping at half court is just a testament of how the fans can have a big impact on the players. I agree. 
Wallace is holding it together. Livingston is the gar- garbage man. We haven't even talked about Case and Wallace, who has been in a shooting slump as of late. And again, maybe this is just it's against Auburn. And I'm not, I want to, I want to be clear. Auburn's not a terrible basketball team. They've won 19 games this year for a reason. I think they are fraudulent in relation to the way the national media perceives them and the way that their fan base perceives them. I think that this was, and I'm not trying to be arrogant here because I see both sides of this. We've talked about this before. I see both sides of Auburn and Kentucky for various reasons. It's a reality check, I think, for this fan base in a way. And that's probably a good thing for them moving forward. Case and Wallace, though, in this game, 19 points, was 6 of 12 from the floor, made both of his freeze, three-pointers, missed only one free throw, three rebounds, nine assists, four steals. I mean, he just filled up the stat sheet. This is what you want, guys. That's a freshman right there. This is what you want from your players right now. This is it. Like, th- this is it. And so I'm just really, really curious to see if we can finally manage to turn this around with a win over an opponent, I think, that Kentucky does not match up well against. Arkansas is on the road to end this year, right? If they find a way to beat Arkansas, I will be very impressed. And I know that there are some people out there that criticize Cal, and I am one of those people that has criticized him and his coaching job thus far this season up until things turned around. He found a way to get the most out of his players. And I have to eat my words on what I said on John Calipari halfway through this season, which was that he was struggling in a lot of different areas. And he was. Let's be very clear. Kentucky was struggling, and a good good reason, a good chunk of the reason was because of his coaching. And now all of a sudden, things have turned around. Now all of a sudden, things are looking up. If he is able to get a win on the road at Arkansas, that's a coaching job. That is 100% a coaching, a coaching victory right there. It will be the efforts of the players. It will 100% be the efforts of the players, right? But for them to have given, been given that confidence, that confidence instilled in them, that has now kind of turned things around here, that's coaching. What did we say after Kentucky lost to South Carolina? Cal Perry was talking about, oh, we need mental toughness. We need physical toughness. And I was sitting here saying, you, that's right. You do need more mental toughness. You need your kids to be confident because you have athletes on your roster. You get them collectively playing together. You get that chemistry going. There is no telling what the ceiling on this, on this year is. And I know some, of the, some people out there have criticized me for saying, Lance, you said the season was over after the South Carolina game. And do you remember what I said in that, pre, in that recap episode? I also said we have no idea what could happen with Kentucky's season. So let's not sit here and talk about how it's over because it's not truly over. It feels like it's over, but it's not over quite yet. They could win out. I, let, I made that very clear. Kentucky could go on a run. They could turn things around. It just looked so impossible at that time. And here we are now. Here we are now. And there, the outside perception is, I'm curious to see what it is in response to Kentucky. I think it's probably annoyance uh, for starters. I think it's probably frustration that this is the situation with Cal and, and the team. And like, oh, great, here comes Kentucky again. I think for this fan base, it's rejuvenation. It's excitement. Wins like this really get you going. And man, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this is not it. I hope that John Calipari and this team are able to put on an encore. This was almost a 40-point win. How do you close out your final two games against Vanderbilt and Arkansas? How do you close out in the SEC tournament? Because you now are pretty much going to get that three seed, right? 
you're going to get that three seed. How do you respond? What do, what do you do in your matchup there? It's all very, very curious. All very, very curious. Somebody in the chat said our London win over Michigan could turn into a quad one win too. Didn't really feel like a quad one win at the time, <laughs> but uh, I'm not quite sure. Dev uh, also says, Cal said he had bazooka holes in him so that bullet air and arrows don't even affect him because it doesn't even touch his skin. Yeah, um, it, it, that's what you, That's kind of the mentality you have to have as a coach, right? You got to have that confidence. You got to have that ability to just kind of step through any sort of issues that you have and just walk past them. Uh, let's see. Do you think we'll win out after this game? Again, Isix, I don't think we'll beat Arkansas. I think that that's a bad matchup. I will be pleasantly surprised if we win that game. I will be pleasantly surprised. Justin, Justin Keith says finish strong and maybe make it a, to the SEC championship game. Maybe a five or a six seed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. If you, if, you, if you get to the SEC championship game, you beat Vanderbilt, then I think that's possible. If you beat Arkansas, too. I, I mean, that's definitely where you're at. Jared Hatfield says, do you think there's an overemphasis on the quad one type wins? Seems like flawed logic to me. Today's win is better than the road win on, uh, versus Florida, in my opinion. I think you have to ask yourself a couple of different questions, which this is a very valid point from Jared, whenever you were looking at the net rankings. And this is something that the net rankings also do. They take into account what, not just the fact that teams are winning, but who they're winning against and what are the roster situations for those individual teams, how they're winning those games as well. Kentucky, I think showed more flaws against a better Florida team on the road without their best player. I think Kentucky showed heart, showed effort. They were able to get that win great. They were still, Florida was, without Colin Castleton, who has been a huge factor in Kentucky-Florida games over the past two years, right? But I do agree with you, Jared. It is, it's flawed logic to say every single Q1 win is so insanely valuable. Here's the situation we find ourselves in, though. That's what the NCAA Tournament Committee is going to want to see. They're going to see as many Q1 wins as possible. Even like, who was it earlier? Justin Keith saying Michigan could turn into a Q1 win. That Michigan's not a quad one team. That in, the, in that time period when that game was played, they certainly weren't. Kentucky wasn't at the time either. So I, I do think that there are some nuances and maybe some technical issues with the net rankings that will probably be adjusted as the years go on. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just think that picking up as many as possible is beneficial to Kentucky's NCAA tournament resume. They need them. Uh, I've not said anything else different on this podcast. And I, I do think that kind of pleasing the tournament committee is the goal. And so while I do agree with you, there are some flaws to it. That's just the state of the state of the sport. It's just the state of the sport. Uh, Isaac says, do you think this version of Kentucky is living up to the Bahamas version of this team and the initial hype of Kentucky at the start of the season? Uh, and then Dev says, not to dis disrespect the teams we played against in the Bahamas, but those guys were nowhere near the comp that we or competition that we play slash played. Yeah, I, I think that's both both those the, that question and that that comment kind of blend together. I, I think as far as Isaac's this confidence level of that Kentucky team that played in the Bahamas. I think it's yes. I, I think that, that it's very comparable as far as the talent level. It makes it difficult to 
compare those two in any other light. Um, because like Dev said, it, those teams were just nowhere near, nowhere near what the, uh, what the, um, the state of, uh, of teams like Auburn are. Um, so sure, while it was you know, just very exciting to see what Kentucky was doing in the Bahamas and what they're doing now, um, I, I don't think that you can compare, compare them much past confidence. And I think that you were seeing that on the court with statistically how efficient Kentucky has become. It's not all numbers, but I think that individual matchups and things that you see on the court, the eye test, and mentally where this team is at will reflect in the numbers. Pause for water. Because I've been going really hard for quite some time. Uh, again, really appreciate everybody watching here. been trying to go live a lot more often, and I do appreciate everybody that does stop by during these. Any other comments that I want to make before we head out here? Other than the fact that Kentucky shot 50-60-90, 55-60-90 in this game, uh, 51, or 56% from the floor, 61% from three, 93% from the line. I mean, there was no major free throw disparity in this game. They shot less free throws or excuse me, less three-pointers than Auburn did. They only shot took one more shot than Auburn did. The rebounding margin was something that I was sure of um, heading into this one. I said in my preview episode, I had a really hard time pegging this game outside of I thought that Kentucky was going to win it. And I thought the matchup with Auburn's backcourt was in Kentucky's favor by a significant margin. But I, I did say the rebounding margin would probably be the tail of the tape, 41 rebounds to Auburn's 23. I believe until the last minute or so, they only had, or a couple minutes, they only had 15 rebounds, which is just yikes. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So just massive, massive, massive win for a lot of different reasons, obviously because of the score and the momentum. Final question I want to get to here today. How do you feel about the three-point shooting? This is something that I have complained about. Uh, with Kentucky stylistically with what John Calipari wants to do on offense. I, I made an episode about this, I think, back in late December, saying that I wanted to see Kentucky shoot more threes because John Calipari said he wanted to, shoot, to see Kentucky shoot more threes, and um, they have not really done that. And whenever they're inefficient from beyond the arc, I think that it's just frustrating to kind of see this offense go one-dimensional. But over these past few games, I mean, they've definitely picked things up. And if they continue to shoot this way, I think we're, we have to be content with them taking the amount of threes that they want to take. Because if they're going to end up going 8 of 13, who complains about that? Nobody's going to sit here and say, and now shoot more. Because you won by almost 40 against a conference opponent. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to be really complaining about it moving forward. I won't. Um, unless we just see them like completely fall off the, off the face of the earth in that department. But I, I don't expect Kentucky to shoot 50-plus uh, every single game. I would expect them to shoot 35 to 39% from here on out. Uh, that's what I would expect if they're going to be playing this hot. But I, I'm pleased with it, and I don't think I'm going to be complaining about the volume of their three-point shooting moving forward. So... Let's see. Justin, Keith, you know what? This will be the final question. Say we went out and win the SEC tournament. Do you think that's going to hurt us? Or do you think going to March that a huge win streak could hurt us? So it's all about peaking at the right time, right? That's kind of what everybody says. And it ends up being true in a lot of different instances for good teams. It's all about peaking, right? And so I think what you're asking here is, 
can Kentucky sustain their peak through all of those games? I all I I think that that on the sur- on the surface that makes sense, but also ask the question: What does losing a game do for them? Other than just kind of hurt what could be potentially their best resume possible. I don't know if a loss does much for them outside of what it could do to them mentally. Um, so I, I think that there's something to be had there. But at the same time, I, I don't see it hurting us in such a significant way that it ends up bringing us a loss in the tournament. But sure, I, I can definitely I could definitely hear an argument for that in, in that direction. So... I think that's going to be it, guys. Again, really appreciate everybody stopping by. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube. If you had any questions post-live, you can leave them in the comments below, as always. And, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter, at Lance Stahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, again, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. I'll see you all then, and God bless.